What's up, everyone? Okay. I'm not someone that pays attention to the unexplainable. I don't know if there are people out there that are able to somehow see into the future or have this sense beyond the typical senses that we all have. But when I was in my younger, younger days, my, in my twenties, a friend and I went to go visit a psychic just to see what the experience was like. Again, I'm not someone who seeks this out, nor do I even know really how I feel about it. But I can't help to look back and wonder, maybe it is real. Maybe I have to rethink everything that I thought that I knew. So to kind of take you down memory lane of the story that I'm reverting to is a friend and I decided one day randomly that we were going to go see a psychic. It was later in the evening and we Googled a psychic and found one, called him and they were like, sure, we would love to have you in. So we went to the address and it was someone's house. We thought for sure we were at the wrong house. I remember knocking on the door and a little child answered the door And we were like, we're here for the psychic. (laughs) And the psychic came to the door and, you know, she kind of shushed her little, little one away and we went in and the experience was so rememberable to me because of the fact that the things that she said came true. The thing that she said to me was that I was going to go on and inspire millions of people. Now, mind you, this was before influencer. This was before Instagram. So when she said I was going to go on and inspire millions of people, I thought this lady is crazy. Then she proceeded to tell my friend he was going to go on and inspire and he was going to win tons of awards. And again, This was before his career had even started. That friend was Jason Poston. And Jason Poston is actually joining on today's episode. My experience has been overcoming challenges and barriers that often came from external sources. Jason's story has a lot of different twists and turns, some beyond his control and others that were barriers that he put into place. Today, we are going to talk about not only how to grow through the challenges we face externally, but also internally and get out of the way of reaching your own goals. All right, guys, we have a little bit of a different setup now. We have Jason Post in here. And obviously, this is a new podcast. And you are my first guest on my podcast. And this is so crazy because I'm interviewing you. And this is just so new to me. You know, instead of like being interviewed together, which typically that's what would be going on. Yeah. I'm interviewing you. I know. Usually we're standing side by side. Yeah. With your 
massively long line, and then mine's like kind of just a whole bunch of bros with their protein shakers. So this is really cool. I I don't want this to be like a typical interview where I'm asking you questions. Obviously, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions, but I thought it would be cool to have different foods, and we're going to eat different foods while we do the interview. Oh, that's a good idea. So I, that's why I was asking you if you're on a diet. Oh, no. Okay. I was wondering why you kept asking me if I was on a diet. I was like, I hope he's not on a diet She's asking if I'm on a diet twice. Like, wait, is she giving me a compliment or is she saying I should get on a diet? (laughs) Okay. So what should we start with? Um, maybe something easy, maybe some peanut butter. That's easy. That's yeah. in the diet, right? I, I eat pretty much whatever. Okay. okay. I out train a diet. Okay, I mean, good. I I'm tell glad. clients that. Yeah. <laughs> I train my butt off. So like, that's why I work out. <laughs> okay. I'm glad that you eat whatever. Cause this is a whatever diet coming up. Okay. Yeah, I just got back from New Orleans too. So like. Perfect. Great. I'm in eating mode. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's do some peanut butter. <laughs> And you know, you can take as little or as much as you want. Okay. Okay. You got some. I got a big one. Oh, okay. He likes peanut butter. All right. So let's get into this. I have my questions written down because this is my first time doing this. (laughs) All right. So a lot of people might not know who you are. A lot of people might. And I just wanted to kind of take it back to your early days. Tell us a little bit about your early days. Is this supposed to be like, I'm eating peanut butter and now I can't, I'm not, I need water. Wait, wait, we have a drink. Do you need a drink? Oh, the drink is alcohol. We have some wine. You know, I thought it might be nice to like loosen, loosen you up a little bit. Oh, thank you. Are you going to pour it? <laughs> See, so what? Take it back to when I started? Yeah. Can you talk or is your mouth a little No, I can talk now. Okay. Thank you. My saliva (laughs) that I barely had because of the peanut butter. But this one, I'll... Yeah, give me a rundown your early years. Well, I feel like I have been doing this a long time. You know, because it's now getting to the point where, like, I almost don't remember some of this stuff. I mean, obviously, I remember the basic highlights of when I started like fitness as a profession. But like, I don't remember like the first time when I worked out and all that stuff. I remember going certain things, but when I got really serious about fitness, it was like 2004, 2003. And, you know, I knew just college wasn't going good for me. I was paying my, my own way through college. And it was hard because I'd have to work a couple jobs and do my classes, you know. It just wasn't a good equation for me because I needed to make money. Yeah. And I loved working out. And I remember what, like, my dad and what other people said um, about, you know, work. Like, find something you love and you never work a day in your life. So I really took that to heart. I love that. Because we probably both know a lot of people growing up are like, they did not like their jobs. Yeah. And they let everyone know. <laughs> so I remember how miserable, like, like my dad was. And he had to work a few jobs. And it was tough for him to 
provide for us, even working two jobs and then just working for the man, as he would say, working for his employer that would kind of screw him over. I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just work for myself because if I'm a trainer, not only am I doing what I love and helping people get results, but you know, I'm in charge of myself. And, um, there, there was like a, there was like a spiritual meaning too, because Jason means healer in the Bible. And so growing up, my mom, who was like my spiritual leader, um, she was really, really big on telling me all the time that like, you're going to help people. She always told me how I always helped her and I was the, her only child that really felt like she could lean on for certain things. And so she's like, you're going to heal people one day. I know it. And she, she was like, always said that. And my grandmother always said that, but I always, as a teenager thought they were being just overly positive because that's what moms and grandmas do, you know, right, right. most of them. Right. So like, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be a doctor. And that's what I assumed. I was like, I'm not going to be in the medical field because right, a healer. I make terrible grades. I hate school and I could give two shits about like chemistry and biology and all that stuff. Right. Those are my worst subjects. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not your path. Yeah. yeah. But PE, <laughs> PE was, I killed it. So, so I like, I knew, um, but I, I, I did love, I loved helping people. Like I knew I was a little different than other people. I would go above and beyond to help people feel better about themselves and get results. And so, yeah, I started, you know, training like 18 years ago. This summer will be 18 years. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. You're so old. <laughs> I know. Okay. I love it. <laughs> what is something that you believed your whole life, but since completely changed your mind on? Something I believe. Something that you believed your whole life, but since completely changed your mind on. Like for me, I kind of believed my whole life that you, you are your upbringing and not what you make out of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I completely changed my mind on that as I got, got older, you know, because I'm like, actually my life is exactly what I make of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like your life is exactly what you make of it. You're not uh, the result of your past. You're not you're stuck. You're not, you know what I mean? So I, I think throughout my life, my answer would be, I've changed that way of thinking. You know, there's a lot. I think that's part of getting older. That's part of every chapter in your life. Like, when you're 25, you kind of learn that some things from your childhood are, are not what you've seen. When you're 30, when you're 35, and I'm going to be 40 in July. So there's, you're, you're always kind of evolving into, and if, if you're doing things right, you're evolving into a better person, to a smarter person. Um, you know, you're, you're more successful in the things that you love. I found that at this age, like what I thought about, as far as being, you know, maybe necessarily a good person is not what I thought it was when I was like 20. Like being a good person is not always, for instance, telling people what, what they want to hear. Um, it does, because when you're a good person for me, like where I'm at in my life, that means I'm probably gonna have less people in my life. Right. What, what I tell people what, what they need to hear now. And that's the same thing, same thing with social media. I'm going to make a very purpose driven 
intention to tell my following what they need to hear, not what they want to hear anymore. I love that. And that means that I might lose some followers, but I'm going to connect and inspire and motivate more people. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, you know, and I, I said it like on my story the other day, and I, you know, I'll say here, like I, I made a lot of worthless content, you know, it, they don't see it that way. And some people are just might see it as just content. But for me, I want to make more valuable content. And that means telling people a little bit more raw and edgy type stuff, you know, like, so yeah, I mean, I, I just think what you spend your time putting out there in the universe, um, I've learned is just more and more important. I love that. And you're right. As you get older, you know, your thoughts change on certain things. I think that's on point. So I, I thought that I knew Jason front and back. And then I get online to do a little bit of research about you. And there's something online about you having a run in with the law. Is that true? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's, um, yeah. I mean, I was, I went to jail probably over, I, I can't even count now, but like it was over 30 times before I was 21. What? Yeah. I went no to, way. I had a lot of run-ins with just simple things like not paying tickets and getting warrants and then getting pulled over and going to jail, you know, but the reason was, you know, I just had other priorities like respecting authorities was not, was not something that I took serious, not to the level where I was like robbing stores and robbing people. (laughs) Um, but I, I will say there was some paths that I could have taken. Like I had those type of friends where we, we did things that I'm, I'm very ashamed of now. But also like that was part of me having to go through that to understand like how crappy of a life I could have lived had I not, had I kept going down that path. Right. Like, so straight up, like to be raw. Yeah. We broke into cars. Yeah. We took stuff out of cars. How did you go from that Jason Poston, like going to jail, partying, you know, just being that guy to who you are now? It's just such a change. I mean, like what made you want jail to is a mother. <laughs> jail will teach you, jail will get your ass straight. I mean, I've but never... I did. Yeah, I went to, I mean, I got, I went to county jail for like close to 50 days Wow. and I could have got out earlier, but my parents didn't have the money to pay my fines. So they just let me sit there an extra 10 days. And, uh, it was just a big learning lesson. I mean, I went to, I went to freaking, I had to drop out of, my, one of my semesters of college, I've, you know, failed. That was my money. I bought, like, I, I was paying my way through junior college and it wasn't, it was expensive for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was a huge learning lesson just to, and that, that was the last time that I went to jail. Wow. <laughs> because, and yeah. all the, all the times before that were like fighting. Um, I mean, it was a lot of fighting. It was always fights and it was always just being too harsh, like being, being, um, you know, thinking that I needed to stand up for other people when they're in situations like it, it, when you're young, that's how guys are. Like everything's just about handling it in the moment. And like you're so you're, you know, your adrenaline's going and you just want to fight it out. You know, some guys are different. Some guys are a little bit more level level minded, but for me, I had, I, w- I confronted every person with in your face Let's fight. 
Yeah. Yeah. Bring it outside. To be honest, I don't even know if that's necessarily a bad thing. The world nowadays, everything's such an argument and drug out. If people were confronting each other, a lot of stuff would probably be ended a lot quicker. Yeah. And I'm, you know, but I think there's a lot of dudes like me that can relate. Like everything was just about, oh, don't disrespect me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Or I'll punch you in the face. Like it was just, it was a crazy time. But yeah, it was, it was, um, probably due, you know, to the fact that, you know, I, I did feel like I kind of lived in poverty and all my friends were in the same income bracket. Like we didn't get much. We weren't given much. So we would go out and take it. Yeah. Right. Wow. And okay. so I can, I can relate to all these, these younger people who, but it, it you know, that's why I want to be able to inspire these guys and say, yeah. listen, because I, I was just one step away from probably possibly ending up dead, which, you know, I've had guns pulled on me um, or ending up in a longer prison sentence, whatever, and, you know, had I been, cause there's a lot of stuff I didn't get caught for. Right. Right. You know, and I, had I uh, just, for one reason or another, probably God is looking out for me saying like, hey, I'm... Giving you another chance. Yeah, I'm yeah. watching over you, but... So, when you went to jail, that was the last time you went to jail. And then what changed for you after that? Because you started personal training. Was it right after that? Or did you... Were you like, okay, how do I get my life together? Like, what, what do I want to do? Like, how did you go from that to personal training? You know, it, it was one of those things where... I wanted to know what I was here on earth for. Like I had this not obsession, but it was really important to me to know what I was going to give back to, to society. Like what was I going to give back to the earth? What was, was I going to give back to people? What is my I purpose? Lo- like? I loved get like, just because I was a troublemaker, doesn't mean that it also wasn't like very, very giving with my time and the way that I helped people and how I respected adults you know, it, it just, I just made bad decisions. So it was simple to me. Like, um, it, it took me like a year and a half and I was just waiting tables and working at Costco and, um, that, you know, I was like, let me buy some certifications. So I took like an NASM certification and I bought another certification within them, within NASM. And that got me a job at Lifetime Fitness. Wow. So lifetime was like big back then because it was new to Texas and there was only like one or two and every trainer there was completely booked. It's not like it is now where they have so many trainers and the the personal training world is very competitive now. Yeah. There's trainers everywhere and then there's online training and then, you know, so many gyms and studios, but lifetime was it. It was like the, um, high end luxury, like, uh, what, 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 it's like a, um, not a training club, but like a a country club. Mm, It was like, mm -hmm. now there's so many lifetimes that people are kind of used to it. But I I knew if I got a job there, that it was going to be a good start to my career. So like I booked up, you know, and I didn't just go in and just train people. Like I went in and also was reading sales books and reading leadership books because I understood from some of the guys that I watched, um, there was like these mega successful trainers with DVDs out. There wasn't much website. (laughs) DVDs. What is that? Our kids will never know. Well, people like if DVD is. <laughs> I know. If you had DVDs back then, like you were it. You were yeah. Juan Carlos Santana. I mean, he had these bands. He had his own bands, and he had his own workout programs, and 
he was constantly teaching other trainers how to build their income. And like, you've got a lot of people like him now, but back then he was one of the guys that talked about just being professional and organizing your business. It will make you a more successful trainer. Cause the last thing I want to do is walk around the gym and literally like twiddle my thumbs. Like, Oh, I can't get any clients. Mm-hmm. Like I was too competitive. Right. But it, like, it how can I be better? Yeah. It wasn't hard though. You just had to, like I found, I figured out that it, you didn't have need to be like um, so scientific and have exercise physiology degree and a master's of you know exercise science to be the best trainer because I worked with trainers like that and mm-hmm. they didn't have the most clients. Right. I was one of the top trainers because you know I smiled and complimented people every day. Right. I made them feel comfortable to come work with me, and they felt better about themselves after every session. And so, you know, fast forward nine years later when, when Instagram really took off, I, it was the same philosophy, like make people feel good every single day on your social media and they'll come back right. for more gold every single day. Like you have to give them little gold nuggets. Don't give them all in one day, but give them bits and pieces of things that make them feel good about themselves and they'll keep coming back. That's so true. Should we get more food? You want more food? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, hmm. I don't know about the peanut butter. You ate the whole spoon. I know. I'm actually glad you brought food, too. Are you glad? Well, because my blood sugar was, like, dropping a little bit, and I was going to maybe okay. have to stop recording. Perfect. Look, you got you got lunch here, dinner. Thanks. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're hungry. Okay, can I give you this and our spoons? We have ribs, barbecue ribs, and corn on the cob. <laughs> We're going to be a mess. <laughs> We're going to be a mess. The corn is like getting stuck in my teeth. I'm all about the ribs. <laughs> okay. So I know that you're diabetic. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that changed your life and shaped you? Okay. So if, like if my life was a teeter totter, since we have kids, <laughs> like it was like this and then type one diabetes is like a whole nother life. When did you find out you had it's like two different lives? Diabetes I was thirty. Thirty. Mm-hmm. So, do you know the cause of it, or I mean, do you know? I mean, no, because it's autoimmune disorder. So, most people that have autoimmune diseases don't really know where it came from. Oh, really? I didn't know if you could pinpoint it. Mm-mm. No, it was just one. You know, one weekend. You know, I already had a whole life, and I was still I was a trainer. You know, nutritionist doing all my training stuff, but, and then I remember I looked in the mirror on a Monday after I had, you know, partied, like not crazy hard, but I mean, I drank alcohol like most people do on a Super Bowl weekend. We hosted it here in Dallas. It was Mm -hmm. tons of parties and actually was bound like security at a couple parties and I couldn't stand at my security post. I kept having to leave and the bar owner and manager was pissed because like, listen, I don't know. I keep having to pee. Every 30 minutes, every 45 minutes. And then it stopped once because I had just completely dehydrated and peed out all the water in my body. I was super dehydrated. But I looked in the mirror after the weekend and my face looked like a different person. Like you right now, minus 15 pounds in two days. You're like, whoa, my face looks crazy thin. Like That's crazy. And so I just started eating more. And I wasn't familiar with type 1 diabetes. So, you know, I, I just... Simply kept, I was like, oh, I need to eat more. Start drinking some weight gainer. I'm going to start eating more calorie-dense foods. And that was 
worse for me. That, that shot my blood sugar up even higher in hindsight, but I didn't know that. And so I just kept losing weight. I went from like 185 pounds to 145. What? So like, yeah, like 5'11", 145. That's a skin. That's pretty that's thin. Like almost as much as I weigh. That was <laughs> I'm less, not kidding. That was, yeah, that was less than I weighed in high school. Wow. Like my junior year, I weighed that. I graduated high school at like 150, 155. That's crazy. So I was, yeah, I was depressed. I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? I thought it was for a, a girlfriend that had just broke up with me. Um, I thought it, yeah, I thought I was stressed out and I was like having some type of post-traumatic stress <laughs> over breakup, even though I had never, this was a hard breakup. This was a really hard breakup because like I really did screw up. Like I was an idiot. I got way too drunk and did just dumb stuff. So all the guys or girls out there, girls get wasted too. <laughs> like I was just that dude who was like too good at partying and you don't really realize it until it's like, wow, I need to get a hold of myself. So like I had, you know, I'll, I'll just say it cause I'm like, I'm not proud of it, but it is, it is a part of something I regret. Like I keyed her car so bad. What? Like I keyed the heck out of her car. Crystal, if you're, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, he's really sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it was just like, I was so wasted. I barely even remember doing it. And I did. The, the cops picked me up because somebody called the cops on me, said there's somebody like, like who knows, three or four in the morning. So the cops came and picked me up, took me to jail. And thank God she didn't press charges, but that was obviously it. Um, yeah, I got a PI, went to jail, woke up the next morning, like, what did I do? And yeah, so then like a month later, I lose all this weight. And, it, you know, I thought it was, but it was type 1 diabetes. It wasn't, it wasn't because I was, uh, had so much regret what? for the way that I treated this, 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 this person. And, um, seven months later, that's when I finally took myself to the hospital because I tried to self-medicate for so long. I didn't have health insurance. I never needed it. Like I never got right. sick. They said, yeah, your blood sugar is crazy high. You could go into a coma at any moment. So we're going to admit you and give you some fluids and a pill and send you home. Well, the pill didn't help at all because they called me type two. Like type two can take a pill, you know, if they, if they fix their diet, they start a new, you know, a better active lifestyle, they exercise, they can beat type two. Like anyone listen, you can beat type two and I've helped many people do it, but they misdiagnosed me. And then like a week later after feeling worse than I literally felt like I was dying for the next week. I don't know why, but the pill made me feel even worse. A doctor called me, says you were misdiagnosed. Your grandma, my grandma had just asked everyone she could, you know, for help. And they said, you're type one, come in, get insulin. You're going to feel better in five minutes. It was like, boom, when I'm there. And that's what happened. They injected me with insulin. It said, okay, now go get something to eat. And I was walking down the hallway. I mean, I couldn't even, I didn't even walk straight up. I walked like hunched over. I couldn't get up out of this chair without literally pushing with all my strength to get out of the chair. You know, I lost everything, like all my money. Cause I couldn't train clients anymore. I couldn't even like hand them dumbbells. Wow. I didn't even want to, I didn't even want to get out of bed. Cause I was, imagine going to sleep at night. And peeing every 30 minutes. Like you lay down, you fall asleep. And by like two and three in the morning, you're so just out of it. Yeah. That you, you know, so sometimes I'd actually even pee myself. Oh my God. Like, gosh. cause your body's just pushing all that sugar out your urine. So it was crazy. It was like literally the most eye opening, depressing, but yet valuable year 
of my life because I lived such a lukewarm, mediocre life before that, like just going through the motions and just doing whatever I wanted to, to make money to pay for the lifestyle that I wanted, but not thinking like I can ever be elite or professional or be absolute, like a global, you know, uh, top person at my career. I never thought I could do that, you know? So like dropping the alcohol, dropping the partying, type one diabetes showing me I need to manage my food. You know, I have like count, count the, you know, all the macros in my food every time I eat. So I became an expert in nutrition. Like I know macronutrients extremely well. Like I can look at a plate of food and count like everything. Count yours, count mine. And, you know, so it's like, it helped me get clients better results and help me relate to people with their eating problems as well. So it was, it was a gift and a curse. It was double edged sword for real. It was super hard, but something kept telling me like, you have strength in you. Like, I don't know if there's a sleep deprivation because <laughs> I literally was going nuts. Like I, I know what sleep deprivation feels like. Like some of the soldiers, it's not the same situation, but soldiers go through this when they can't sleep for two or three days. Yeah. I didn't sleep ever for months. That's crazy. Well, at least it's like a positive thing that was like in, in your head. Cause I feel like a lot of the, those times when you're just down and out, it's not positivity running through your head. Um, but with that and you feeling like that, how did you, so you started Instagram and how did you initially grow your Instagram to be where it is today? I watched your stuff. <laughs> Try to do it a little more. <laughs> Masculine driven. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but according to all your comments, you were super manly back then. I was. So I was like, I was. All the dudes I, were just like, I what? still am. I'm <laughs> just kidding. All right, Paige Hathaway. Here's how I squat. Yeah, I mean, I definitely experienced a lot of criticism early on. I mean, I got, you look manly. What are you doing? You're losing all your femininity. Like, you don't look like a woman anymore. Did you get criticism? Have you gotten criticism on social media? Never. Never? I was like, <laughs> what? Good. I mean, early on, and this is what I have to remind myself, early on, I was so blinded by it. I had my I had my blinders on because there was nothing getting in the way. I love that. I was so focused. Now sometimes you have to pay attention to certain things, but there was so there for those first two or three years when social media was building and everyone was trying to build on it. My goal was simply, like I said earlier, back to square one, provide people with positivity and information and tips and encouragement every single day. And that's it. Nothing else. Think about it. If you had $5 in your bank account, you had no health, you had no confidence. You looked at your body every day. You were like, what? This is not even me. I've like, I, I, you look at yourself and you think you're ugly and you're a very prideful person and like how you've taken care of yourself. I basically had nothing and social media came back and I was healthy. I was literally just happy to be alive. I was just happy to be freaking alive and then have a little bit more money and then a little bit more money, you know? So I was just happy to, I mean, I live with my dad. I had to move in with my, I was 30 years old. I had to move in with my dad. who was a complete dick. And he did not make me feel cool about living there. And that's, what's funny. A week after I was diagnosed, he kicked me out and like, I was so, I was like, I'm just now learning how to live with this. Like, can you give me a little bit of time? Like I've already got some clients back. I'm making some more money. He's like, no, you got to get out. I was like, all right, dude, peace. And I, I thank God. I mean, a, a client had said, Hey, my girlfriend needs a roommate. <laughs> so I went and moved in with my client's girlfriend 
and she had this nice place and we split it for like a year and you know i caught up on all my bills and i saved a ton of money then i went and got my own place and um you know saved money there it was super cheap just kept saving money and so like i was just the, the whole social media thing was not really any way like for me like oh i'm gonna get famous it was just a way for me to do my job and connect and live life again. Yeah. And just be happy. Or in the early days of social media, I mean, you're an OG. I'm an OG. We didn't think that you could even get famous on. I, I didn't know you could get famous because that wasn't a thing to get famous on social media. You know, so I don't, I, that was never in our minds to begin with because that That's wasn't funny. a thing. I know. I'm, see, you need to say that more because I never would have thought you'd say that. Really? Well, no, I'm just being wrong. <laughs> from the outside looking in. Oh, yeah. I thought you were on a mission no. to be the most Instagram followers ever. No, really? <laughs> what? No. Well, you, that's what you were doing. Yeah, but you, I wasn't doing it with the purpose of getting the most followers, which I is know. crazy. See, that I don't, that shows how much I know. <laughs> that's why people just think things because you were growing so fast. Yeah, they do. They do just think things. How's the ribs? Are they good? That's why, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> not talking <laughs> i really want to eat like just all these ribs Where'd you get these these are good do you want to finish your ribs or do you want to move on to something else a little messy <laughs> okay maybe let's do like something healthy like a banana because you know let's go from the i finished my corn though <laughs> let's go from the ribs to the to the bananas i like how the dessert is so healthy <laughs> banana <laughs> i feel like I don't even feel like I'm on a podcast right now. I just feel like I'm hanging out with you. This is nice. You're like we were we were friends, and then you um, and you became friends with with my wife, <laughs> and now like I text Jason. I know now I just text Sheena. It's it's nice though. So you're like, hey Sheena, can Jason come on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get the okay. You're an entrepreneur. And that comes with obviously a ton of highs and a ton of lows. What were some of your highs and some of your lows or one or two? Oh man. You know, a lot of times in our situation, it involves a lot of partnerships. Mm -hmm. There, there is projects and there's businesses we can start and with our own funding. We do all ourselves, which is more risk. But if you're listening to this and you want to start a business, I mean, the, the lowest risk, possible is to use other people's money i mean that's it and if you have what it takes to add to the business such as you know like the buyers and you know um, branding and building building the business and just bringing customers i mean that's it's not that complicated but so like what i made the mistake was is just partnering with the wrong people and when you're younger you when you're just getting started starting business you don't really know who's a good partner who's not um, but I will say this, like if, if you read the proper books about, you know, business planning and, um, you know, if, if you read some um, brand building type books or, or just listen to them audible, you'll know what to look out for. But I didn't. So like I started, a, you know, like a clothing line with a guy that really didn't have the money. And the mistake was I didn't know to ask for proof of funds. So it seemed like he had a lot of money. Right, and right. He kind of did, but then he went bankrupt. Right. Because he was he was using other people's money off Wall Street to fund this supplement company that I was with, and he was like, "Yeah, I believe in your clothing line so I can start it." So he had kind of we kind of hyped it up, 
and we were going to launch this thing. We had a, you know, this big launch at Olympia. Um, the Olympia Expo was huge back then, like 2013 or 14. And he, the dude just like completely went bankrupt and ran out of money. And it was all in my face. Like I had to tell everyone, Hey, we're kind of canceling this thing for now. So yeah, I mean, it's just as far as lows, just simply not, you know, probably not spending enough time getting to know a partner before you launch things, before you decide that you're going to build a business together. Uh, but God, there's so many freaking errors. I mean, yeah. I mean, that is tough because I mean, you can even like be best friends with someone for forever and think like they're going to be like the best business partner and it might not work out. I mean, I've, I've kind of learned that through my Jason because he has been in business with friends and it didn't work out, you know? So I like what you said though, about trying to, you know, be more educated on your partner and there are audiobooks and ways to get more information on that. But at the end of the day, you really never know, you know, the, the best thing you can do is ask, you know, the hardest questions, you know, I mean, p- people just want to go through things like I, I just started this jewelry business and we both are putting money in. So, you know, I, I, I asked him, was, you know, do you have enough money to start this? And if you do, can you show me that? Not just say, oh, yeah, 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 I have I have this much money. I can do it. Like, no, you have to show me, and I'll show you. Like, you can provide proof of funds. And, you know, also, since he was the one with experience in the jewelry business, I asked him to provide proof of income or pr- proof of funds from his other jewelry business. You know, because he said, oh, this is how much I've done. This is how much we can make. And so you have to be able to ask Okay, can you prove it? Right, like right. no offense, and, and if they get offended, totally because they're lying. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good too that you learned your lesson from previous partnerships, so you knew the right questions to ask with this one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly what being an entrepreneur is. Yeah, you literally learn as you go, and you fail ninety nine times, and then you succeed once, and then you know that's that's when it's worth it, though, because that one time can mean that's the first step into the next hundred steps being successful. Yeah. And uh, I've never, I never claim to be this like super ultra entrepreneur that's just killing it. But I am proud from where I came from, from like a, a poor kid, you know, who had a ration milk and who was told like, I can't, I have to only drink certain amount of milk and only drink, eat certain amount of food. Um, and then having, you know, a good career as a trainer and what, for what I thought I was successful making a hundred thousand dollars a year, in, in my 20s to losing everything at 30, like literally everything to, to back where I am now, nine years later, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at, but at the same note, like I'm not, I'm not going to be one of these guys that tries to tell everyone like, Hey, do what I do. Yeah. Like, like I got that G wagon, right? The G63 mm-hmm. is a new G wagon. I was proud to have that. And then people that message me, like, I don't, I don't talk stuff about this publicly i mean i am now but like yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit like i'm very very transparent i say no i'm not rich because i had the g-wagon it's a freaking bill right right you know like i'm not i'm not wealthy and, and, and i didn't get the g-wagon so you guys would think i was rich and that's why i got rid of it because a lot of people started thinking i was like super rich i'm like dude listen that was a 27 or 2800 payment and i could afford it but if i was rich i would have bought it cash Right. And that's it. I told myself I sold it and I made money and I was happy. And that's why I bought it in the first place because I sold it and I still made money. 
which, so it was a good investment and most cars aren't. And, but I said, the next time I buy this, I will buy it cash. You know, I'm not going to go get another bill because things are different now too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Two kids and right. one more on yeah. the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you to everyone for tuning in this week. I hope you guys enjoyed hanging out with us. If you want more podcasts like this one, go and subscribe to the channel, rate and review so more people can find it and be sure to tune in next week for part two.